Hello, and welcome to Brews Less Traveled, the podcast exploring the best undiscovered craft beer cities across America. My name is Brian, and this month we're headed to Kansas City, Missouri. And I was lucky enough to be joined by former co-host and friend of the pod, MC. This week, we enjoyed the Good Luck Lager and Rad AF Hazy IPA from City Barrel Brewing. And we were joined by two of the founders, Grant Wayner and Joe Giamonco. So join me and MC as we head to the Paris of the Plains, Kansas City, Missouri, on this episode of Brews Less Traveled. Brews Less Traveled is recorded in front of a live Zoom audience. You may hear mentions to the chat or the live stream viewers. If you're interested in participating in the live stream, you can join the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club at Bruvana.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first live tasting of February. This is the podcast where we explore the best undiscovered beer cities in America. I'm Brian Hathaway, and I'm now your host for Brews Less Traveled, and I could not be more excited to get things kicked off tonight. If you joined us for the 12 Beers of Christmas, or you recognize me from my earlier appearance on this very show, hello, great to see you again. If this is a new face to you, then how's it going? My name's Brian. I'm a huge beer fan. I'm a certified beer server through the Cicerone program, and I work professionally adjacent to beer as the chief personnel officer for City Brew Tours and Unbox Enterprises, the company behind Bruvana. Uh, I started homebrewing about 10 years ago. My favorite beer styles include Lambic, Pilsner, and IPAs. And I'm honored to be taking over the hosting duties for this show. And I cannot wait to bring all of our listeners closer to each unique beer city we'll be talking about each month. So I'm honored to be joined by an awesome co-host this month. She's a familiar face if you joined us for the 12 Beers of Christmas. And you may remember her from just this past October when she co-hosted this show. Please join me in saying hello to our awesome co-host, MC. MC, how's it going? Hey, Brian. Um, I'm great. I'm excited to be back uh, with Bruce Less Traveled and to be co-hosting with you again. So, um, yeah, not much of an intro. Most of you guys know me by now, um, which is kind of exciting. So, yeah, just like Brian, you know, I'm a beer professional. I, If you've been following my journey, I did just take the second half of my certified Cicerone exam. So hopefully by the end of February, I'll be able to tell you whether I'm a certified Cicerone or not. So fingers Fingers crossed. So uh, we've been visiting beer cities in the Lone Star State for the past two months of Bruce Less Traveled. And we're taking a turn north and heading to another undiscovered beer city known for its barbecue also known as the Paris of the Plains, we're headed to Kansas City for this month's Brews Less Traveled. Fun fact, there's 55 breweries currently operating in Kansas City, and uh, our featured brewery tonight, City Barrel. Yeah, and we're also going to have um, some really great guests, two of the founders from City Barrel, Grant Wayner and Joe Giamonco, are going to be joining us here shortly. Um, and we're going to be join- or enjoying their Good Luck Lager, and they're Rad AF Hazy IPA. And like I said, you know, those of you who have seen me before on Bruce Less Traveled um, or on the 12 Beers of Christmas, you probably already know that I am a Missourian raised in 
born and raised here. Um, I live in Columbia, Missouri now, which is about two hours east of Kansas City. But I actually went to college in Kansas City. I went to the University of Missouri, Kansas City. So um, this is a city that is near and dear to my heart. I can't say that I was legally drinking beer when I lived in Kansas City, but I may have enjoyed a couple of uh, Boulevard Wheats back in the day. So, you know, a little bit about Kansas City. Uh, It's an awesome, awesome city and, you know, lots to do there. Definitely worth a visit. I know it's a a trek to the Midwest, but, um, you know, if you get a chance to get there, there's a great art scene, Um, really beautiful architecture all around the city, actually. Um, It's actually known as the city of fountains. So really beautiful um, museums, but also architecture to check out. You already know, obviously, that it's a great food city. Awesome, awesome barbecue. Um, I served tables at Jack Stack. So I might be a little biased, but Jack Stack is definitely the best barbecue in the city. Hands down, just saying. Um, Yeah, not at all, but it's just facts, people. Um, And then obviously, you already know why we're here to talk about the beer scene. You know, like I said, I wasn't enjoying a ton of beers when I was there. And actually, you know, the beer scene in Kansas City has absolutely exploded in the last like 10 years since I've left the city. So it's a totally different animal from when I was there. And it was so much fun um, to get to take a little road trip and go down there and kind of prepare um, for this podcast and get to be reintroduced to the beer scene in Kansas City. And there is so much to take in. So many great little breweries um, that are really like harnessing the craft. They're making great lagers, uh, really good traditional German beers, good hazy IPAs. There's really like anything that you want in beer, you can find it in Kansas City. There's a, there's a beer for everybody in Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Well, we yeah. got uh, inclusions that come in every Brews Less Travel box. This month, we got uh, so a great uh, visitor's guide from the Visitor's Bureau out there. And our awesome marketing team, as always, put together the uh, little flyer here with some great information about Kansas City and a wonderful map of some of those awesome breweries in the Kansas City beer scene. Yeah, so we've been talking for a little bit here, and my mouth is getting dry. I'm getting thirsty. It's time. Let's get to our first beer. Absolutely. Uh, So we're going to open up Good Luck Lager first. Uh, City Barrel's description for this beer reads, brewed with the finest Pilsner malt, Zafir, and Mosaic hops. I really liked the first try I had of this beer. I have not had it yet. I am excited. I'm excited to just be trying like a nice pale lager. Yeah, good. Uh, a good drinking beer. Beer flavored beer. Cheers to everybody at home. Cheers, y'all. And thanks everybody for tuning in. Mm, this is a wonderful beer. Oh, that goes down very easily. Wow. And super drinkable. Thoughts. Yeah, super drinkable. Um, you know, it is very cold and wintry and covered in snow here in Missouri. So maybe not my first choice for today. Um, it's very quenching. Um, what's anybody think in the chat? Everybody liking it so far? Ooh. Grant uh, and Joe. Yep. We're going to get to that question. I'm going to ask you about that here in a little bit. Grant and Joe, our um, guests say that it's actually fermented in a Missouri Oak fooder. Little known fact for everybody. Most of the wood 
that makes barrels for wine and beer is uh, oak grown in Missouri. So pretty proud of that fact. I didn't know that most most of the oak yeah. used in barrels is most of Whoa. the oak. Yeah, Missouri is a is a was an oak savanna before there were people here. So anyway, back to the beer, Brian. What do you think? Well, now that Grant and Joe. Or, now that they mentioned the the barrel, I can I can pick that up a little bit in the back end. You get that nice touch of oak sweetness. Uh, it's always hard to describe for me, but I know when I taste it. You know. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's like not so sharp because of the oak. I feel like the oak kind of like rounds out the flavor and the mouthfeel a little bit, maybe. A mellowing effect. Yeah. To the beer. Yeah. Kit says they're going to save this for dinner. Hot dogs, peas, and mac and cheese. That is an awesome pairing. That sounds perfect. That's a, That sounds like a great idea. Well, you have wonderful winter weather out there in Missouri. I have terrible rainy here. Right, terrible rainy weather here in Pittsburgh. And uh, this beer is wonderful to uh, quell my spirits with the yeah. gloomy day we have here. Yeah. So there's like a lot that I even though this is a pretty mellow beer, um, what I like about beers like this, like I said, you know, like these pale lagers, um, is that you really get the chance to explore the malt on a, on a beer like this. So, you know, this beer is um, just brewed with Pilsner malt. Um, you get that nice, like light, bready, like saltine cracker, cracker yeah. kind of like breadiness out of it. Um, and for those of you that don't know, you know, Pilsner malt is a super popular base malt. Um, and a base malt is what that means is that brewers typically use it as the majority of the grain that they use in the recipe to brew the beer. So sometimes with a Vienna lager, with really any style, they're going to add just a little bit of specialty malt to it, but keep the rest of the grain a base malt. Um, this beer is only the base malt. They don't use specialty malt with it. So we're really getting the chance to, like like I said, explore what this base malt tastes like and get to know Pilsner malt a little bit better. So anytime you're tasting that crackeriness, that light breadiness, um, you can start to infer that maybe that's that Pilsner malt that you're tasting. Pilsner malt's doing some heavy lifting in this beer because yeah. there's beautiful, yeah, bready, malt, crackery, character in this and the hops uh, are kind of interesting choice for lagers zephyr is a somewhat new hop that originated out of germany and uh it's definitely a great hop for lagers because it adds like subtle citrus flavors people always say i think people always say tangerine with zephyr mm. and uh and in this instance it works very well with the more berry forward flavors of the mosaic, which is the kind of non-typical lager hop. But really mosaic, I think, seems to be working in any beer. I don't know how it would work in a stout or something like that. But yeah, um, yeah. speaking of berries and food, what kind of foods would you pair with this beer? Mm, you know, uh, I liked what we were talking about earlier, just like basic home style food with this. Um, but I really like to use lagers since there's not a ton of fruit in it, even though there's a little bit of like a fruity hop in this. I think it's really well balanced. I like to use lagers as like a side of bread. Um, that's mm. kind of what I was taught to do with lagers when I was um, learning about putting food and beer together. So anything that you would put like a piece of white bread with, I think would go really good with this beer. So I had like 
a nice hearty wintry potato soup last night for dinner. I think this would go really well. It'd be like a nice side of bread to kind of stand up, um, kind of sop up those like soupy flavors. Um, but that little bit of like crispness, little bit of hoppiness will slice right through the like more hearty, um, bigger, richer flavors that you get. Um, Sky says they like it with a cheese tray. I think that'd be um, just like a water cracker on a cheese tray. I think that's perfect. Um, and if you really want to like double down on the Kansas City theme that we're going with here, I think that with like some barbecued chicken, like a barbecued chicken mm. leg, I think would be great with this. There's enough of a maltiness to like stand up to that white meat. But again, like enough of a cutting power from the hops and that crisp lagering um, that I think would cut through the rub and the sauce really nicely. Yeah, that's that's where my mind went and always seems to go with Pilsners is that uh, let's cut through some of the more intense stuff and use this beer as a way to mild down a meal. Yeah. Uh, hot wings is a great example, as Chad said. Um, but yeah, barbecue would be great too, especially again, something that has a little bit of kick to it. Yeah. Uh, this, this beer will make a nice palate cleanser, a nice balancing effect yeah. to that pairing for sure. I agree. I agree. So I want to get more into the food and beer topic because tonight's feature brewery also has a scratch kitchen and does some great stuff with food, beer, and fo footers, fo fooder. We'll get I think it's fooder, but we'll ask. Yeah. Uh, so let's welcome our guests tonight. Yes, please join us in welcoming our guests, um, Grant Wayner and Joe Giamanco of City Barrel Brewing. Hey guys. How's it going? Hey guys. There they are. Oh, hey, hey, what's up? Hey. hey guys. What's up guys? Everybody. Hello. Uh, hello. Uh, thrilled to be here. Thank you for saying such kind words about uh, our lager. It's one of our favorite. We designed it exactly like I was looking at Grant. And I was like, we can just go home. We yeah. don't have to say anything. <laughs> you guys were nailing it. Uh, you guys got it. It was, um, well, first of all, welcome to our brewery. Oh, yeah. we, we are in the brewing space. It's a 15 barrel uh, brew system, which is about 500 gallons per turn. We have a couple of tanks that are double that size, but um, you know, there's been a little bit of talk about fooders and uh, those are a very large um, oak, uh, Foder? Uh, it, the word <laughs> looks like Foder, but it is pronounced yeah, food, Fooder. Fooder. But I mean, yeah. say it whatever you want. Yeah. Just know gets that you close to it. generally a delicious product comes out of it is, yeah. is the thing. So it's a good Yeah. So because these, these are 1,000 gallon, uh, typically used for wine maturation vats, um, there's not a ton of, 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 um, of surface area contact from the beer and the wood. Yep. So what you get from it is just a, a really nice uh, rounding effect, a softening effect of the. Uh, yeah, of which the you beer. guys, which you guys already called out and identified. Yep. Uh, that's why I was like, Grant, we can just go home. It's yeah. fine. I'm like, yeah. you're nailing it. It's an absolute showcase. <laughs> and of... I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I do get that. And I love the uh, the white bread like analogy yeah. on it for yeah, food. That was I'm, nice. I'm pretty much gonna steal that at all our beer dinners oh, that we absolutely. have here. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's in, that's in there now. Mm -hmm. So, Great. but yeah, no, we're absolutely thrilled. Uh, thank you for having us, and and cheers to everyone enjoying a, a great City Barrel beer here. Um, salud. So. Salud. Salud. But uh, yeah, nailed it so, on the hops, nailed it on everything, gives it yeah. tropical nature. And yeah. yeah, it's just a great crusher 
of a beer. I always, whenever I go out and do tastings, I always say people can drink a thousand of these, which, yeah. which and we uh, dare you to. No, we don't recommend, <laughs> but you know, if you're going to. Well, I enjoy them. Yeah. <laughs> so Grant and Joe, thanks again for joining us. You want to give everybody a little bit more background on what you do at City Barrel? Yeah. Uh, you want to start? Sure. I, uh, I'm Joe. I work with our front of house and tap room operations. Um, we've got a wonderful executive chef, uh, full scratch kitchen here. Uh, we really wanted to get good food, beer, and then service all together. And like customer service is one of those big things for me uh, because we went to a ton of different breweries when we were before we were opening this and just found that like that was the one piece that I just really wanted. Um, but so I just make sure I, essentially I'm here to create extraordinary experiences is really kind Love of my that. role. And uh, I've self uh, pulled my role into like trying every single beer that we have multiple times. Like you got you got quality control. Like a yeah. Important. QC. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so uh, I guess what what we're saying is we we specialize in um, you know awesome experiences, and that includes you know the scratch kitchen and um, thoughtfully crafted uh, beers, mostly leaning into the hazy IPA yeah. uh, end of the world and what, uh, lots what, of lagers. What would you say you do here, Grant? Oh, well, <laughs> I do. thank you, thank what you, would you, Joe. Say you do? new co-host, Joe. Am, thank um, you. I am our uh, I'm our sales officer. I'm the one who uh, who gets our beer from inside the facility out into the world. Yeah. We, I work with our beer distributors. We I've, we've also created our own self distribution model uh, to get the beer out on the Missouri side of Kansas City. Uh, for those of you across the country, uh, Kansas City, um, the metropolitan area straddles the state line of Missouri and Kansas. So the breweries in Missouri. Um, and then, um, you know, the half of the metropolitan area uh, lives in Kansas. Yeah. And so we've got some beer laws that we have to navigate back and forth there. But on the Missouri side of the state line, we do. Grant handles all that. And so yeah. when we uh, our distribution company consists of Grant, Grant in this uh, this white van where the vehicle wrap basically costs more than the entire van. Yeah. And uh, the van's got like 250,000 miles on the thing. So well, yeah. it's still, it's still chalking away. We just yeah. put a new engine in it's it just, and it's rocking it's and rolling. It's just covered in the well, rad AF logo. Well, you put, uh, I think you put like what? 75,000 miles on that thing. Yeah. Since you yeah, it's, in a year. yeah it's uh, absolutely. So Grant works his butt off just getting beers to getting beers into people's hands, which was kind of the whole model why we chose big, 30 barrel fooders. We have two of those. We just wanted to get great uh, craft beer, uh, generally beer that's, you know, you have to wait in line for. Uh, we wanted to get that into people's hands uh, just yeah. because I, we both believe that beer is one of those things. It's like the most affordable luxury out there. Get it into people's hands and yeah, and people will do the rest. They'll have fun with it. So yeah, it's meant to be shared and it's meant to be for everyone. Yeah, cheers, man. Yeah, great. Absolutely. So yeah. We do have a third business partner. His name is James. Um, and uh, he runs all of our production. Mm -hmm. um, he does all the label design and, and, and all that, as well as wearing all the other hats that we all have to wear. Yeah, just on whatever's needed. Yeah. But, uh, so, you know, speaking of that, and everything that's going on for you all, you know, I read that you guys are going to be celebrating your third anniversary later this month. Congratulations. Um, and you. so are your neighbors at Torn Label, um, another great Kansas City brewery. So, um, and you know, I kind of mentioned this earlier when I was talking about the difference between Kansas City from when I lived there versus now. Can you tell us a little bit about how the brewery scene in Kansas City has changed um, and evolved since you guys opened in 2019? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll go back a little bit before that and kind of talk about the 
the the brewing industry here in Kansas City has evolved over more than than just that time. Um, Boulevard started in, uh, I believe, 1988. And I would consider them among first wave breweries. We had some 1990s brew pubs that existed all the way up until recently. 75th Street Brewing Company, uh, McCoy's Public House. um, 23rd Street Brewing Company. Yep. Yep. And so um, those were kind of the first wave um, heritage uh, breweries that really allowed us to exist. And um, so I would call second wave. There were about eight or 10 breweries that opened uh, right around 2010, 2011, 2012, yeah. kind of in there, um, we have border, uh, border brewing. We have uh, big rip. We had uh, actually, um, I would consider torn label one of them. There, we were just looking it up, and they're they're about to do, if not last week, yeah, I think seven they, years. They hit seven their seven years, year, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> which is crazy. Yeah, um, and they're kind of uh, border and torn are kind of the OGs on our block. City Barrels kind of moved into the third wave of mm-hmm. the brewing segment which has been super fun. And then we chose specifically where our brewery is. We're located um, on 18th Street in Kansas City, which is sometimes dubbed Brewers Alley or the East Crossroads area. And uh, there are 12 uh, alcoholic beverage producers right in this area. So you can hop, skip and a jump. And people will often do like pub crawls right around here. Uh, hit us up for food, hit us up for great beer, make us their first stop. And then um, kind of meander along in the other spots, but like Torn Label's right by us. Yeah. Uh, Border uh, shut down for about a year while they moved from their smaller facility to a to a bigger one, and they I think are celebrating eight years. I think on the twenty first. Oh, February that's 20th. great. Yeah, so February twenty first. Right. So uh, we but, literally can see their um, from our back door. We can see their front door as yeah. well as um, uh, Lifted Spirits, which Brewery is Imperial, yeah. Mean Mule Distilling, Casual Animal, uh, Red Sash, mm-hmm. Casual Animal, Casey Wineworks, Casey Wineworks, can't yeah. forget those dudes. So, but it's been a good, it's a fun area. You know, it's just each brewery has its own kind of unique experience and uh, personality in it, which is so fun. So, yeah, we're we're like super thrilled to be a part of the the growing, uh, burgeoning, and um, rising tide like scene of of Casey breweries, just like I'm sure people have seen on this show, we get along with everybody around here. Um, we're buddies, whether you got to order a bag of grain from somebody or, uh, you know, we got the kitchen. So like people come over and be like, Hey, I need a quick, grab a quick lunch in between brew sessions or whatever. Uh, we want to be here to help out. And of course, you know, we all make sure we do a lot of quality control work on each other's products. I know <laughs> yes. yeah, we, it's, we it's like very, to share. Yeah. So yep. it's super fun and it's a great tight knit community here in Kansas city. So I imagine it's, yeah, it's great for, for beer drinkers, beer lovers, and for the brewers themselves too, to have that yep. tight knit community in the area. Right. Now let's take a beer break. Did you know that Kansas City did not follow prohibition laws? And because of this, jazz clubs in the area flourished. At the time, bars and lounges were the hot spots for live music. And while most bands across the country were calling it quits because their venues were closing, the KC music scene exploded. And its entertainment industry at the time was without an equal. A young Charlie Parker would begin his music career there before moving to New York City and joining legends like Dizzy Gillespie and Thelonious Monk in pioneering the style of jazz known as bebop. Nowadays, 
great jazz can still be found in Kansas City, as more than 40 nightclubs regularly feature jazz musicians. Now, let's get back to the show. My glass is almost empty. I think it's time to break out. I was just about two. to say. No, we finished uh, ours. Oh, right. good The time. problem with uh, good luck is that it goes down so easy. Oh my and, gosh, uh, very. Uh, yep. It's nice and light and crazy fun. We get that clarity. We do filter our beer on that one. Uh, that was like our big spend over the year. But, uh, oh man, we should have opened by the mic. Oh yeah. Oh well, lost opportunity. There's great beer can opening sounds on the microphone. That is a great oh, yeah. sound. <laughs> I always say that beer, oh, drinking beer is a beer. five senses experience, Ooh. including yeah. opening the can. Yeah. We'll have our Foley team cut some uh, beer can opening sounds. Ah, and love it. Work on that. <laughs> so, yeah, why don't you guys walk us through our second beer here, the Rad AF Hazy IPA. Yeah. So Sounds this great. is a, um, a hazy IPA. Uh, it's meant to be very juicy. We do um, all of the processes. Um, we, we stay abreast of all of the, any, anything, anything that changes in the, uh, the New England and the, the IPA uh, making world. We, we try to stay ahead of it and understand what, what those processes are and, and why hazy beer um, is a thing and, and what it lends. And, and there's actual science behind uh, the haziness of the beer, uh, making it more juicy. It brings out um, some hop compounds that, uh, that are not available. Um, if, if there's no haze, that haze is a, it's a wheat protein, uh, typically prolamine. And uh, yeah, we, you know, um, we, mm, we can taste the prolamine. You right can taste now. it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so good. It's, it's <laughs> just a vessel. Rich and carries those wonderful, uh, those wonderful hop aromas that you couldn't have gotten. No, otherwise. it's like a little, like a hop carpool. Kind so of thing. Um, James and I talk about this beer being a uh, kind of a cheat code because it's a Citra and Mosaic. And for any of you homebrewers out there, you know, if you go Citra Mosaic, you've got yourself a home run. It's a killer combo. And um, it's yeah. one of our most popular beers for a reason. It tastes great. I always say like Grant's talking about how we continually are looking at science and changing stuff. And Rad goes through it's just continually getting better. And every batch that we make, we always say, this is the best rat ever. Is it best rat ever? You'll it's ask the brewers every, like, hey, is that best rat ever? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, it's best rat <laughs> every, ever. Every time. Yeah. And, you know, we always, we try it. We love it. Um, it uh, was designed to be, like we said, the New England style, the hazy IPA. Uh, but also um, it sits at the 6.4% mark. So it's designed to be drinkable as well. Mm -hmm. I've been to a lot of different breweries and I love, I love big, thick, crazy, mouthfeel, um, punch you in the face with green hops. That's great, but I can have one of those. Mm -hmm. And the guys really worked on uh, kind of, we call it like, this is kind of like a Kansas City Coast IPA. And what we wanted to, to match the difference between the two to really get this to be uh, something that's like crazy drinkable and, and really fun and, and something that you can have at least more than one or two of. Right. Um, because we are a barbecue town, I think beer, and pizza are another like killer combo. Yeah. But uh, with this hazy, it just like pairs great with a set of ribs or ribs, um, yeah. a freaking burn end sandwich, which mm -hmm. if you're not from Kansas City, burn ends are like the top Ooh. part of a brisket. I, I'm a transplant here. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. And <laughs> as soon as I tasted barbecue, I made it my mission to start <laughs> tasting all the barbecue here. Yeah, try it all. Um, and so uh, Kansas City does a blend of uh, both like uh, pork uh, chicken, beef. Uh, and so like, we don't specialize like in Texas, like 
like they do with with beef and so i've also do dove into that barbecue scene like i said but the one thing that i know is i can always enjoy great barbecue yeah. with a good beer too so it just it just makes it better yeah what's up shy town baby yeah <laughs> This beer goes super well with, with those barbecue flavors. It also works great with um, hot wings, chicken wings. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Pools. Ba Good with based oh, on the, hanging out in pools. Yep. Uh, based on the food pairing recommendations, uh, we're right trying now, to just get people uh, to eat barbecue and wings all the time. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Okay, everybody's right. hungry. Yep. Everybody DoorDash <laughs> the stuff in or, or whatever yeah. Uh, yeah. deal. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's also great in cold weather. Uh, this is a good tailgating beer. I've never been to a place that tailgates so much. Uh, I went to a baseball game. We were tailgating for that. I went to, uh, so we were talking about UMKC. I went to UMKC uh, Ruse, Go Ruse. Women's, women's Go basketball Ruse. game, yeah. and people were outside tailgating and drinking Absolutely. beer. And I, was like, I was like, this is what's up. So yeah. <laughs> uh, this has been, you would. it's just super fun. Yeah. Uh, the you would feel very ladies. at home here in Pittsburgh. We We tailgate. Pirates games. Yeah, you guys go Love bananas it. over it. Love it. Uh, games, that's Penguins another games, good yeah. tailgetting crowd. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so you mentioned KC barbecue scene, and everybody knows it for that. But what are some things about the Kansas City food scene that would like surprise outsiders? Yeah. So uh, give this a Google. Forbes magazine named uh, Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, the taco capital of the world. Yeah. That, that's per capita. What? But um, yeah, so, and what we're talking, what they're street, talking street about. Street tacos. Street tacos. Yeah. Uh, authentic, you know, uh, corn tortilla, um, marinated all meat. All pastor where you're yes. pulling it off oh. the spit, mix yep. it with pineapple. Or, yeah, uh, also barbacoa and, and yeah. um, asada and all those, the lingua. Homemade the, tor tortillas being made right in front of you by someone's mm -hmm. grandma. Yeah, uh, for sure. So we've got a ton of awesome Truly authentic, yeah. Um, you know, Mexican street food restaurants, um, tacos are incredible, and uh, and yeah, that's that kind of. I, I feel like so with the barbecue, that all has to be scratch made, right? And yeah. the, this this yeah, taco yeah, yeah. culture also has to be scratch made. So I think that informs our kind of chef scene, and maybe that's you could true. talk a little more about that. Yeah, and then Kansas City, um, besides being a great place to get really plump on tacos, uh, mm -hmm. is another like. It, there are so many great chefs here in Kansas City, and we are a big foodie culture. Um, you know, there's not a ton of mountains and stuff to hang out around here, and there's not like an ocean. Uh, so what else are you going to do? You're going to drink and you're going to eat. Gonna eat. Drink. And uh, <laughs> and honestly, it's grown up into this great culture that's that um, the food scene is just excellent. Um, it's so affordable too, which is uh, the insane part. Uh, I love going to the coast and then coming back here, and I'm like, oh my god, I. The, I'm like, the I'm the richest man in the yeah, entire world. Right? Because, yeah, because we, we do have uh, James Beard award-winning chefs all over town and, and these wonderful white tablecloth restaurants, but it's very approachable. Yeah. Um, they're doing uh, food that you see uh, on the coast, but it's, one, you know, it's approachable. Yeah, it's done. Uh, one of the great things about also being here in, in uh, Missouri or Missouri is, uh, <laughs> is that we it's so funny going to like restaurants when i go on the coast or something and i see oh this beef is from uh, kansas or missouri and i'm like i i know where that is it's close by us so we get access to great great protein not only that but our soil is fantastic we have a really great terroir for um amazing like heirloom vegetables and stuff and yeah. so during yeah, so we absolutely do you know work with farms yeah. local farms to bring in yeah. our, our pro source our produce yeah and our We've got a guy named uh, Jim Crum who uh, I call the Santa Claus of vegetables, and he he comes in with Santa Crum, with, yeah, with him and his uh, <laughs> him and his grandson, and 
you know, he's a, he's like this super like petite bearded dude. And uh, he's always got a sack of veggies over his shoulders. He brings us just <laughs> incredible stuff. And then uh, chef Ben and, and, uh, and Taylor, chef Taylor take it on to try and create something amazing uh, all within the thought of thinking about what pairs with our beer yep. and also what's going to taste great too. Mm -hmm. You know, what are we going to do, uh, do stuff justice on, but uh, Casey's, Man, Casey, if you haven't come here, come for a great, uh, great food scene. Honestly, totally. you, can eat, you can eat your way through KC. For I can, sure. I can vouch. I have to ride my, my wife, uh, make sure that I ride my bike into work, especially during the summer, just because. Burn those calories. Yeah. yeah. You know, got to try out new restaurants and stuff <laughs> all right. the time. That's Balance. Balance. So we have another really great, I'll ask one more food question. This is from the chat. Ryan asks, um, is there a menu item that you guys are known for at City Barrel? So I would say kind of what we challenged Chef Ben for was to figure out some great beer drinking food. Um, when we first started, we have these great loaded fancy fries. We call them the fancy, yes. fancy AF fries, uh, kind of playing on the AF theme, the most extreme. <laughs> it's like a mega poutine fry. You could eat these and, you know, it's a great hangover cure. Uh, I always tell people, I'm like, get the full, we have a full and a half order. I'm like, get the full order, eat half of it, and then take the rest home the next day, put it, put an egg on it. Yes. And then after, after you've drank like <laughs> eight beers and stuff responsibly, of course, but you know, go home and, and do that. So I'd say our fancy fries are uh, our best known appetizer. We have a great meat and cheese board that is locally curated. Like I said, proteins are, mm -hmm. are great here. And there's a really great uh, manufacturer of like custom uh, high-end charcuterie meats. And then our second best espresso burger yeah. uh, just kind of lights up the world. Uh, we use, we work, we second love to work best. with- yeah, so so good, good. There's so a, that speaks yeah, to our, our collaborative nature. Yeah. Um, and one of our uh, core uh, business tenants is is that we want to be collaborative in, in every way that we can. And uh, one of our collaborators is uh, um, a competition coffee roaster from uh, um, the Waldo neighborhood in Kansas City, and uh, they're called Second Best Coffee Roasters. Yeah. Uh, Nathan over there is really great. Yeah, he hooks us up with yeah uh, coffee we do and, a nice little trade and so yeah that's why it's called the second it's so we've named the burger after him but but yeah we do get a lot of questions like oh second best what's yeah. the first best yeah, and, and and his whole thing is like it's never perfected everything's it's, not good and, and you know we've got a mantra of do our best next time do it better every time that we, mm -hmm. we do things yeah. um as i think a lot of people do out there that are yeah you know operating on the level and uh and nathan just believes in making a great product and so we uh we rub this um grass-fed beef from Salt Creek Farms, which is out of uh, near Emporia, Kansas, which is, oh, I don't know, like what, dead center south of the yeah, state? Yeah, hour, hour and a half from here, you know, just they, kind of center, uh, central Kansas. They dry age it for uh, 21 days, and then we take this beautiful dry aged piece of meat, and then we grind it up, yeah. <laughs> which seems counterintuitive, um, and then uh, make this great uh, two-temp burger with brie cheese, uh, a blueberry uh, compote that we make, and then uh, arugula, so it's like, it's all these flavors oh of spicy, God. tangy, sweet, cheesy, gooey, rich. Yeah. Um, it's really, Coffee. I had to stop getting it because I was like, well, oh, yeah. well like I said, Holly was like, you're double timing it. <laughs> yeah. You know? She's like, you need to ride north. <laughs> you're double timing right right. it. You're into a triple, <laughs> yeah. You're triple, triple best espresso. <laughs> yeah, <joke>. that's right. <laughs> but uh, it's, that's one of the main things that we're known mm. for. Yeah. Uh, and then we rotate in and out specials oh, yeah. uh, just based on what we can get. We've got this humongous uh, uh, tomahawk pork chop that is a Duroc pork chop that just got on the menu. You know, it's just crazy delicious. 
we do a little like uh, Korean style uh, marinade on it, uh, toss on the grill, and it tastes amazing. So, and that's uh, that's the other key thing that we do is uh, James is like a, like Grant said, our other partner is uh, one. We, we come up with a lot of crazy, weird beers. These are just a great sampling of some of the beers that were classically done uh, by us, but we'll have weird stuff that we're coming out with. Yeah, ice cream truck series yeah. beers and, you know, slushy style IPAs and that kind of thing. But in the end, the question is always, if you know nothing about this beer and you just taste it, does it taste good? And same with the food. If you know nothing about it and how it's prepared or where it comes from or what, what ingredients have in it, does it taste great? And so, I mean... Keep it simple, but I think a lot of people can mess that up on mm -hmm. stuff and uh, get, you know, in their head with like trying to mix, you know, if bars will go with cocktail programs and try and mix up weird stuff. Right. And you're like, yeah, just because that ingredient's cool doesn't mean that it's going to taste great. But get those flavors, baby. That's where they're at. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds great. I cannot wait to find a weekend to get up there and eat some food and pair it with a really awesome beer. I uh, haven't had a chance to get to City Barrel, so I'll have to get there soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's talk about sour beer because, you know, website mentions fooders. I'm just going to keep saying fooder. I don't know if I'm right or not. Yeah, yeah fooder's food correct. Yeah, you food, got it. Cool. Food -er. cool. Yeah. I got, I got uh, validation on that one. Yeah, you're um, good. <laughs> so let's start there. We, we already talked about what is a fooder, but, like, how is City Barrel using them in production both on the sour side of things. Well, let's start with the sour side of things. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's not just about fooders. We have uh, wine barrels and um, and also a cool ship. Uh, and uh, and to get into all that, yeah. So uh, mixed fermentation um, sour beers uh, were are, were have been and always will be a, a big passion of mine uh, personally. It was kind so. of the tenant that you talked about when that got me interested in everything. Grant is an amazing, uh, Grant has an amazing palate oh, and uh, his, his sour beers were really what hooked me into the business when we all came together to decide well, what we were doing. So Grant's the man on it, just by the way. Oh, well, thank you very much. So I specialized oh, nice. in, um, in mixed fermentation, um, golden sour ales. And uh, so what that means is that, uh, you know, usually brewer's yeast will be one very specific yeast strain that's selected to do something specific. So um, maybe you're making a Belgian wit beer and you want that, that coriander and, and clove mm -hmm. and, and banana spice, a lot of those flavors come from the yeast, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Or maybe you want to make a lager and you're going to use like, like our, um, you're going to use an, an American lager yeast to make uh, something like good luck. So that's the, those yeasts are, um, have been um, uh, domesticated and bred to select for um, really not kicking off any flavors like we were just saying with, right. with banana and in, in those um, Belgian yeasts. Well, but consistent, a, a mix. Yeah, yeah. Meant to be very consistent. Well, a mixed fermentation beer implies just that, that you've, you're, you're mixing a bunch of different yeasts and you're looking for potentially an unknown outcome. Not, it's not, it's, <laughs> It's not really, um, you're not really flying by the seat of your pants because uh, there's been enough research into this. And there's been an, an, a, enough attempts yeah. that uh, we kind of have a direction for where they're going. But typically, um, you will use uh, Saccharomyces, which is um, 
you know, uh, your regular brewing strains, but you'll also use Britannomyces, which is a lot of times considered a spoilage strain yeah. uh, if it makes its way into wine, wine production. Yeah, winemakers uh, hate that stuff. Yeah, or, um, or clean beers. You know, unless you were trying to make a, a Brett IPA, yeah. you know, you, you wouldn't want Brett to find its way into, say, Rad AF, because one of the, you know, one of the reasons that makes Rad really good is there's, a, there's some residual sweetness to that beer. Well, uh, yeast strain like Britannomyces will will uh, ferment all of that sugar out. It will take a oh, yeah. very long time. And, uh, and then it'll ferment the dead yeast cells that are still in there. It'll, oh, it'll, it'll eat everything. Yeah, absolutely. So there are, we have sugars that we consider to be um, uh, unfermentable or carbohydrates, at least that, that are long chain carbohydrates that are considered unfermentable by brewer's yeast, but not to, yeah, not to, to Britannomyces. Brett, Brett, Brett don't care. Brett, it'll, it'll just chew and, <laughs> and chew and chew. Now, um, also in a mixed firm, you're talking about uh, lactobacillus and pediococcus. Now, sometimes you use one or the other or both. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely in our um, fooder mixed culture, we Which have is a culture that you all of those. developed. On, yeah, developed on that from uh, bottle dregs, from collecting. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, nice. like, whenever you buy a, a bottle of Cantillon or, or um, Dre Fontaine and yeah. these these um, spontaneous beers from Belgium, or or even like you know uh, um, Lost Russian Abbey River. or a, a, yeah Brewery Tarot or something like that, La Folie yeah. uh, from yeah. from New Belgium. Um, if you see like some silt in the bottom of the bottle. Um, a lot of times those can be woken up and, and, um, yeah. and grown into a, a mixed culture. And so we, uh, we used to collect a lot of, uh, a lot of yeast from bottles that we loved, uh, bottle shares. We yeah. would also do some wild capture stuff. And we built this, this yeast strain that, uh, it's called the Lebowski strain that we just yeah. absolutely oh, wonderful. It would make, it would make uh, golden sour ale taste very, um, like candy, like like yeah. um, like Pez kind of candy, yeah. and it's just just and this, beautiful. And this happens. really ties the room together. Yeah, yeah right? totally, yeah. dude. It pulls the yeah. beer together. <laughs> um, and it happened over for Grant, like mm. just it, his house looked like a mad scientist was in there with just <laughs> bottles, like just everywhere labeled like the, the different the strains, like Erlenmeyer flasks yeah, like on on stir plates. Donnie and the yeah. dude and different other uh -huh. strains were, were Morty, pulling Morty, in. Morty, we got to start a brewery. Morty, we got to start a brewery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, but, um, and Grant like helped develop all these strains over many years. And so when the time came for us to turn that onto a commercial uh, setting, Grant was like, so Grant's whole reason for doing this whole brewery was so that he could drink a lot of sour beer, like yes. have access to it. And um, like I said, in his house, he had all these like perfect beers that were ready to go and, and drank. And they were all in, uh, you know, like containers that were holding this sour beer that Grant was cellaring and getting ready. And, and we were like, uh, hey, dude, uh, <laughs> we're going to need all those. So yeah. we hung like the carrot in front of Grant and be like, dude, we'll make a ton of different sour beers. Yeah. Just we need all of these. Right, so, we need all this. So he took it upon himself to, to blend this great uh, yeast concoction together mm -hmm. that he knew would complement the, the wort that we were brewing. Yeah. And uh, man, it just turns out to this this most flavorful, um, our sour beers, I, I akin to an orchestra uh, playing as opposed to sometimes if you get a kettle sour um, of a beer, uh, you know, that could be like a garage rock band. Both are great in their own right and they both have their spot, uh, but you know, like you just get those complexity levels with, with a wood aged sour beer. Yeah. And uh, Grant really opened my eyes up to it. And uh, now once I've learned it, it's, it's a curse 
because I can't go back now that I know yeah. about it. So. so what we like to do with the program is we'll take a, um, a similar base beer. It's like a, saison, a very weeded Saison base. And then um, we'll take a mixed, uh, mixed culture and we will fill multiple wine barrels, normal 59-gallon yeah. wine barrels. We'll pull uh, different wine barrels that had different wines in them. Um, and then different. every barrel gets a different yeast strain. Now, the fooders, the 2,000-gallon fooders, um, have their own strains, uh, one of which I should say one of the fooders has been converted to, uh, to a lager fooder. Uh, so it's back to being a clean uh, vessel, and it makes the good luck like we were talking about before. But um, the other one still has the Lebowski strain in it. But every, um, every other wine barrel that you see around City Barrel um, has its own strain of of, of different yeast um, mixed culture in it. And then we like to take those and depending on how they taste at, through the pro project yeah. or, or through its timeline, we'll add tons of fruit, fruit puree. Yeah. And uh, whether it's blackberries, cherries, raspberries, we like to, we've done strawberries, we've done peaches. Um, yep. We, well, did, we did full We peaches. did um, organic lime juice in a tequila barrel. Yeah, once. that was cool. That was incredible. We mm. were, yeah, the peaches were really wow. good. Yeah. Um, so we've got, um, my favorite to date has been oh, yeah. Chamberson Geyser. And so yeah. what this is, is there's a, there's a Missouri grape <laughs> that's used for Geyser. wine production called Chamberson. And we have wonderful friends at Casey Wineworks. It's about three blocks from here. They're, uh, um, they ferment their wines here in, in the urban yeah. uh, core, but they have three uh, vineyards um, throughout Missouri. Yeah. And so they have this beautiful, the cool thing about Chamberson grapes is that um, the actual juice of the grape is red. It's not just what, like a lot of red grapes, it, just the skin is, yeah, is that's red. Yeah, tinges it, right? Yeah. Right. And so this one, when you press yeah. these, the juice itself is red. We wanted oh. that red color. We love the sweetness that it provides. Oh, it tastes like the nectar of the gods. Yes. I, I was like, why aren't we <laughs> drinking this normally? And he's like, he's like, I could sell this for a dollar or yeah. in a bottle of wine, I could sell this thing for like, you know, 15 yeah. or 20 bucks. Yeah, and I was like, okay, yeah. here you. So, <laughs> so we, um, so on, on, uh, every year when he's pressing his Chamberson grapes, he lets us know, we, we just fly over there with buckets, yeah. uh, food, food grade buckets. And, and then we bring those back here. And, uh, this last time we filled up a, what's known as a puncheon, which is a, a double size wine barrel. It's, yeah, it's, a, um, 500 liters. They're beautiful. Uh, instead of 225. It, it's a massive barrel. It's uh, what you picture somebody going over Niagara Falls in, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but lovely, lovely, lovely sour ale. The the wine grapes um, just give it so much fruitiness. And um, it also uh, gives it some alcohol to it as well. Yeah. There's a lot of sugar content oh, in those grapes. So we get close to 9% on that. Yeah. Uh, on that beer. We're most of the time we're shooting for six percent on a sour ale. That uh that beer kind of made us famous for a little bit unintentionally. We uh Oh first, it went viral, yeah. That yeah video. The first year we did it, we had Mistake. this Yeah, we made it on a worst beer blog, which is not like where you wanna <laughs> oh, no. Where, no. We released it knowing that Yeah, this I mean we sent it out there because it's funny, places. but uh anyway, so this like Grant said, it's got this great sugar content and so we put, you know, we had the sour beer, we harvested some of the fooder beer. It was already tasting great. And we're like, all right, it's gonna taste amazing if we add the Chamberson. So we did like a wine beer hybrid. Yeah. And uh, so we added the Chamberson uh, grape must, AKA grape juice uh, to it. And um, right around Halloween, it was it Halloween, was Halloween night. night. Halloween yeah. night, we were doing a double mash stout that ended up being about 15% uh, that day. But in the middle of the brew session, um, all of a sudden this, barrel this red wine barrel just like pops and it goes boom 
and the bung flies off the top of this oh, bad no. boy yeah. and uh, shoots chambers and grape juice way up into the ceiling. If you picture a, a, like a Mentos going into a Diet Coke. It was uh, exactly <laughs> like that, only wine barrel size and, and red. Oh my God, it was oh just God. like, it was heartbreaking and amazing all at the same time. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. And it was uh, crazy. so like our cameras, our, our like security like cameras security caught cameras. it. <laughs> oh dude, and uh, you know, I'm wearing a costume and my buddy's wearing a, a green man costume and like <laughs> yeah. we walk around the corner and I was like, yeah! <laughs> and uh, oh man, it took forever to clean up yeah. because that stuff was so sugary. So just so you know, so those were, that was a 59 gallon barrel. We yeah. only lost about seven gallons it, out of it, but it, it looks looked like, like a all thousand of it. gallons. It looked like, yes. Wow. A lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, was so, so that's ridiculous. why that beer, that's why that project is now called uh, Chamberson Geyser. Yeah, yeah, that's where it gets the name from. Yeah. So. Love um, it. Yeah, last piece of the sour program is um, uh, Cool Ship, which is a wild yeast capture um, uh, project, and and we we strive for spontan firm. Sp yes, yeah, which is my fermentation. which is my favorite thing to say. And we we strive for method traditional on that, and so spontaneously oh. fermented beer um, is a very strict regiment of um, consisting of raw. Uh, uh, sixty percent pilsner and forty percent raw unmalted um, yeah. wheat, which uh, we can source locally. And then, yeah, instead of cooling the, it's called wort before you pitch the yeast. Instead the of cooling the tea, yeah. yeah that down before you send it into a fermenter, well, you send it um, all the way hot uh, into what looks like a very shallow stainless steel bathtub, and we uh, we have garage doors like many breweries do. And uh, so we set that um, right there at the garage door in front of the building, and then we'll just leave. It. Oh, and it's got to happen only when it's cold out. Yeah, it's it got to be very it's cold. like a specific time. Uh -huh. It's got to be between 20 and 40 degrees uh, overnight low. And that's to knock down any of the, the bad. So the whole point of spontaneous fermentation is that there are naturally occurring yeast and bacteria in the air all the time that are capable of uh, fermenting all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, that's one of the reasons um, if you leave you know so uh, flour out, out you get you get Egg. sourdough bread exactly yeah. so and it's a, it's that's um, like the white skin or white film on the outside of fresh fruit is typically yeah. a lot of yeah. absolutely that's a lot of wild bacteria will settle on those yeah we we saw plums in the grocery store once and we're like oh we're using that yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah um so so anyway um so we we they call it knocking out but we go from the boil kettle which after an extended boil like usually four hours or four so, hours yeah um you send this uh this wort to the um uh to the cool ship and then we just leave that garage door open and we st sit there with that thing um and drink and sit around it uh and visit with it yeah. uh until <laughs> until we can't handle it anymore there's just usually about three or four in the morning um usually by then we've seen uh, you visually start to see uh, fermentation activity in it and uh and by then we'll go to bed and and uh come back in in the morning and and uh recirc that and send it into uh wine barrels for long 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 term yeah. storage those are blending projects you want to go minimum of one year uh maximum of three years and uh, ideally uh if you're looking for method goose um you would uh blend across one, one two, two and three, three year barrels yeah. of that beer. So uh, we're still working toward that. Uh, we have released um, one or two kegs of uh, year one's spontan yeah. stuff. And uh, it's so fun. So. The cool thing about the spontaneous fermentation is that it is literally, it's your the ability to taste a moment in time. Yeah. You can Capturing never time replicate 
Like you can never replicate it again. Once it's there, it's gone. Whoever was around it, you know, like what the solar activity was then, <laughs> temperature, everything that was happening. And so I love like the romantic aspect of it yeah, is my favorite part of it. And just yeah. thinking about tasting time is yeah. just the coolest part. So if you do get a chance to have a, a spontaneously fermented beer, a spontan mm -hmm. beer, uh, please do support yeah, those guys out you there. You can find all over the country if you're um, uh, if you're, your beer folks, which I know you are out there. Obviously, Jester King is a great place to find some yeah. spontan beer. Side project keeps yeah. You guys out just did Texas, stuff. right? And uh, yep. so another Jester King. Jeff's yeah. the one that start. Jeff, I think Jeff was the one that started or was really yeah. big proponent yeah, of the Jester method. So, so yeah, Jester King. Uh, a was it? Um, but yeah, there were there were three. three Arizona breweries. Wilderness does a bunch too mm -hmm. right now with cool shipping. The yeah. Guard, I think, too, was might have been the other one. Yeah, they, Jolly they, Pumpkin. Did they do so they they're all about open top fermentation vessels, nice. but they not are true. Like it's, so it's. It's close. It's, it's not method traditional, but it, it's an American, you know, approximation. The same with yeah. um, a lot of the um, much of the sour beer coming out of Russian River um, yeah. is more of an Americanized sanctification uh, version, yeah. version of the process. Yeah, yeah, that stuff's awesome. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. I'd love to Phenomenal. see in, innovations, and we, we've always considered what can we do with the cool ship other than method traditional to kind of experiment on on what the new horizons are in, in American uh, spont spontaneous fermentations. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, we're always considering what that should be. Yeah, no, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I think awesome. we've seen a lot of growth in in brewing recently, just due to change in production process on a lot of things, when we use hops, how we use hops, yeah, the way we brew things. So yeah, yeah it's been a cool, we're in a cool like renaissance of brewing right now, which is super fun. And so, uh, but the best way to experience it is to taste it. So yeah. oh, <laughs> what a burden. All right, y'all. Well, it has been so much fun talking to you. You clearly love what you do. Uh, it translates very well. And before we let you go, shamelessly plug anything <laughs> that you can for us. It's tough out there in the service industry. So be good to your uh, servers and bartenders Absolutely. and, uh, so Make sure you guys support local beer. I mean, yeah. that's that's the key out there. And um, the box that you guys got is a great way to, to keep it going. So I would say, you know, the best way you can support breweries is by drinking beer, which is yeah. like the best oh, charitable thing you can do. Yeah, go, visit them. <laughs> go visit them. It's, a, it's my kind of charity yeah, too. Absolutely. Um, but no, if you're here, ask for Joe, ask for Grant. We're active owners. We love being a part of the whole process. and and fully believe that it's critical for uh for beer to keep moving forward so yeah come come visit the uh come visit the breweries here and yeah like i said i'd love to see you guys so yep awesome thanks y'all awesome thank you so much thank you guys so if you want more information about us you can find more information at brewvana.com you can also find us on instagram and facebook at brewvana we'll be back next week as we continue our journey through beer in kansas city We'll be drinking beers from Kansas City Beer Company, and we'll be joined by an awesome guest whose literal job title is Beer Scientist. Really excited for that one. Thanks to MC for co-hosting tonight. Thanks again to Grant and Joe for joining us. And until next time, cheers. I drank all my beer, so this really isn't a... Cheers, y'all. This is an empty cheers. Cheers, everybody. Welcome to the outro. You made it.
thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bruce Less Traveled. This was such a fun one to start off February, and Grant and Joe were such great guests. If you're looking to take your podcast experience to the next level, you can join the Bruise Less Traveled Beer Club by subscribing at bruvana.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Also, subscribe to Bruvana on Untapped to keep up to date with the latest beers from the club. We'll be back next week with another great guest, another great featured brewery. But until then, be safe, be kind, and support your local breweries. Cheers.